Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome. It is almost the week before Christmas. TLT, first Teamless Tuesday for Round 1 2022 is only five days, six days, let me get maths right, away. It's JT here from the SC Report. I'm joined by my usual cohort, Lakey. How are you, buddy? Hey, gorgeous. How you doing? Good, mate. I wish the viewers could see, or the listeners in this case could see, but you've got the guns out on show. You've got your Knights 88 singlet on, looking good. Been working out in the off-season. I definitely have not. I have been drinking more, so I don't know if that helps. Wouldn't con- coincide with your recent COVID diagnosis? Yeah, mate. So I've been suffering from the spicy flu for the last week. Got out of uh, quarantine today. Feeling um, fine, though. Like It's been pretty mild for the most part. Um, but yeah, I've, I've survived. Uh, Is that not? Down with three kids. Is that not testament to the dedication that you've just come out of lockdown, a horrible isolation period of seven days, and you're here spending that time with me and our fellow guest, let's throw to him now, the resident mailman for SC Talk, Adam Stilesy Styles. How are you, buddy? I don't know what like he's doing there. <laughs> Weird introduction, but anyway, mate, ignore that. How are you? Mate, I, I'm just recovering from whatever it was like he was up to just then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, going great, mate. Ready, uh, ready to talk some footy again for my one or two uh, token appearances on the pod per year. We had Wilf on last uh, last time around. It's been a long time, actually, Lakey. We've been very lax on these. as a few. Yeah, um, then, uh, that is left. me. So we did take the week off with my COVID diagnosis, and yep. so I apologise to everyone. We're a bit behind the times, but uh, we're back. We're back, and then the season's kicking off, as you said, about a couple of days. So we're going to be back in the full of it now. Certainly will be. We had Wilf on last time. Now we've got Stasi. Uh, mate, what's your off-season looked like? So Wilf obviously crunching the numbers and, I don't know, watching whatever Darius Boyd or Anthony Wilf. Actually, who does he follow now? I don't even know what they were doing in the off-season. But what have you been doing? How have you kept up with your late-mail game when there's no games? Yeah, I actually um, I actually took a bit of time off and didn't look at it too much until we started doing the... Uh, mega guide which i'm guessing we're going to plug in a moment but i was just trying to detox from it i guess um and and just come in with fresh eyes to get stuck into the numbers when we hit the guide rather than burning myself out too early so pretty cruisy off season got stuck into some uh bbl actually so that was all right pete did woefully hopefully we got all the uh, bad luck out of the way for the broncos season but yeah i doubt it's pretty low-key just another omen for Brisbane Sport for 2022. Um, do you do any finger exercises, thumb exercises? You're hey, a prolific whoa, tweeter. Hey, hey Lakey, butt out, mate. Hey. It's a PG <laughs> We're a family pod here. Let's keep it that way, please. For, for those that may not know three, you. Three minutes in now. For those that may not know you, Stasi, uh, we call you the mailman. Why would that be? 
uh, look after the late mail for the site and um, pump out all the 24-hour and game day uh, updates on Twitter uh, every <laughs> 16 times per weekend. If you don't have this man, this is just a PSA for everyone listening. If you don't have this man, Adam Styles, is it a, a what's your Twitter handle? A Styles Nine or something? At A Styles Author. There, there we go. Close enough. If you don't have that man on the uh, regular updates, as soon as he tweets, if that's not getting updated to your phone, wherever you may be, you're doing Supercoach wrong. I've been saved countless times with late mm-hmm. mail coming from this man. So uh, we know how are on my phone they pop up a yep. billion times around. Even now, just all the retweets and stuff that keeps me going. So owe him a debt of gratitude. Absolutely. Uh, We know how fickle team lists can be. They can change on a whim. So you need to be covered by guys like Stasi. And uh, actually, shout out to Wacko, who's hanging up the um, the, the phone, I guess, for at least a year. So you're kind of the main man in town, the main sheriff in town. Is that, uh, are you ready to step up in in that brigade? Yeah. How's the pressure? Couple couple of years in training now. I think this is maybe year four um, with the site, three or four. Um, yep. Definitely big shoes to fill. I think he's still doing his Twitter stuff. I think it's mainly his um, Daily Telegraph stuff he's hung up. So um, definitely a pioneer, though, and we've, we owe the uh, great man a lot. Um, and I think punters are really going to hate me because uh, I'm going to be on holidays in Canada for seven rounds Ooh. this year. So uh, we, <laughs> we might have a little void that's... Uh, come at a bad time but uh we'll navigate that as best as possible i asked you before the show are we going to announce the big news that you're going to be sojourning off to canada for, for at least two months so that that's huge it's a a big drop but i do hear you may have a replacement lined up is is, is that correct yep uh i think we tracked down the first person who popped up in the sc talk uh, chat at the time so uh we're going to be hearing from some uh, lake mail for seven weeks nice. Don't Lake get your hopes up. It's not going to be to the standard that you're all used to. But uh, I'm going to do my best to, to fill in and do what I can. We know that people out in uh, Ipswich are, are a bit backwards, mate, a bit behind the times. <laughs> so are you going to be there? This whole thing is very um, time contingent, so we need you to be on the ball. <laughs> are you going to be okay? Yeah, Make man, sure I've got nothing but time. Go. I, got, I, I mean, you know, twins, six-year-old twins and a three-year-old. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing but time. It should be fine. Make sure, and, maybe get the kids onto the late mail game. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure they're refreshing NRL.com and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you've got helpers at hand. Yeah, that's right. I just, uh, you know, the lake sweatshop going on over here. Love they that. can screenshot all the uh, match centers for you so you can tab back and forth to figure out what's changed when you're trying to Actually, <laughs> navigate point. those things. Let's. What? How does your game day go? We all, like we hear about footballers and what they do to prep for the their big games. What do you do, Styles? After <laughs> a big day like a Super Saturday, three games. What's your uh, routine for the day? I generally go through and screenshot all the match centers in advance of the round, so you've got that initial teams because obviously when they update, it's whatever they update to. So. Um, once it's updates, I just flick back and forth between the update and the screenshot to see what blokes have actually moved around or dropped out um, and then update accordingly. Generally preload the templates with the crosses and arrows and all that gear. So uh, particularly if I'm out or on the beers or something, I try to make it as easy as possible for myself. So we've seen that out on the beers a couple of times. Like It's quite impressive the dedication this man has. You have big shoes yeah. to fill. Uh, so really hope you're ready for it. It's a old uh, mate over here. He'll be halfway through a sentence and just drop off and start <laughs> tweeting sometimes. And 
And, Didn't uh, Lange yeah. catch me in action and tweet it out last year where I was mm-hmm. uh, doing an update mid-game or whenever we were out at the Norman that night? Well, that's probably his uh, only contribution to the side in about two years. Anyway, <laughs> shout out, Wenon. Good on you. Um, actually, soon to be dad, so congratulations, buddy. He's on, on holiday at the moment. So Wenon, sunning himself, uh, probably going to start a team come Thursday night, hour rush to lockout. But anyway... Um, that's Stasi. That's your introduction, mate. We'll go through. This is going to be a Supercoach pod. We'll go through a bit of a rundown of what we're going to talk about. We'll start, as you mentioned, with the Mega Guide. So that's been released about a month ago. I think it is now. Our final iteration of that one is due uh, this week. I'll let Lakey talk to that one because that's his little baby. I'll uh, talk a little bit about the site for this year, nrlsupercoachtalk.com. We'll talk about what uh, we have in store for you guys for this year. Some of the burning questions coming out of the trials, we'll run down those. Uh, who better to have than the mailman? Uh, cheapy rundown, that's a big one on everyone's lips each uh, round one NRL season. Who do we fill the uh, seemingly just endless array of cheapies? <laughs> How do we find enough the to endless fill this array? Yeah, I want to know huge. all these cheapies that you're running. <laughs> with, right? oh, none of them are playing, but they're all, <laughs> oh. uh, they're all bottom dollar, don't worry. Uh, it's, it is a very tough question. Do, who do we find that's not a trap? Uh, we'll go through some of the big names there. And then we'll talk to you guys and, and myself about the biggest surprise and biggest omission in our Supercoach side so far. So we've all done various iterations of Supercoach side so far. Uh, we've got a couple of, um, I, I did chat to you guys before the pod on this. We've got a couple of surprise omissions from some of our squads and uh, some interesting inclusions. So we'll talk about that at the end of the pod. So let's start at the top here, the Mega Guide. Lakey, I'll throw to you because this is your bad boy. Uh, talk to us quickly about the Mega Guide, what it is, where people can get it, and where this next update's going to land. First of all, you can go get it on the uh, NRL Supercoach Talk website, nrlsupercoachtalk.com. Um, it's up there on the header page. Just click onto that, follow the links, and you can get yourself a copy. It's, uh, remind me, guys, 160 pages of, you know, Supercoach Talk and analysis and research and numbers and, you know, just general shit talk, really. Um, but, yeah, we've got some of the best heads in the game that have gone through each and every player in uh, super coach and given a rundown of what their sort of uh, prospects are for for round one really starting from round one and, and kicking off so what the guys you need to have those cheapies that we're going to talk about the guys who are probably overpriced or undervalued or anything we've we've highlighted it all um, again you know it's something I, I've been uh, almost addicted to in previous years and now I get the chance to you know have my fingers in the pie so to speak the big update uh we've got um uh, i've got all the updates in from everybody from the trials over the weekend and i'll be putting those in tomorrow morning with the idea of dropping the latest update tomorrow afternoon so check your inboxes when i send that back out and if you don't get that um send me an email i can manually forward you an update but um, in the last week or so, I've spoken to the boys over at Three Wise Draftmen again. We had them in the guide last year and provided us with a draft rankings list, and they've been um, they, they've provided us with a positional draft rankings list again this year. So I've thrown that in the back of the guide. So for all draft drafts that are coming up right before the season, you can get in there and see who you should be picking. Uh, each and every round. So that's a huge resource for all your draft players. I can't speak highly enough of three wise draft men. They know their stuff and they've been so kind to let us um, tack some of the information in there. So look out for that one coming tomorrow. Yep. 
Love it, mate. It's 15 bucks. It's not a hell of a lot of money at all. And I find it's one of the best resources, um, even being one of the writers of it. Uh, one of the big things I was waiting for in the preseason here was your guys' input. So Stasi as well, you you wrote part of it. Um, how did you find, uh, how, how difficult is it to actually sift through, you know, it would have been, I don't know, 150 players each? Like there's a lot to chat about. Hmm. Yeah, there is a lot going on, and I think this is my second one in now, so I think I was a bit better prepared to last year where I finished it pretty early and then had to update basically every player's profile when we got closer because it all became outdated immediately. So, um, yeah, the, the the sheer volume of numbers and content and splits between scores and were they injured, did they shift positions and that, it's, it's just insane. So um, quite a lot of hours from everyone goes into making that possible absolutely and also we have as we mentioned on the last pod wilfred z uh, former champion goes through seemingly our writing line by line mm-hmm. word by word oh, that was insane his edits that he sent through that's right he's our personal auditor on this thing so i mean huge yep. thank you to wilf he caught a lot of our oversights i guess not errors oversights but um yeah he cleaned a lot of it up and a lot of healthy debate as well in the background with um, in terms of who we're calling out as guns and, and sleepers and the like. So a fair bit of thought goes into this one. The Mega Guide out on nrlsupercoachtalk.com. We'll throw the link up in the podcast description as well. So plenty of time to go get your hands on that one. Um, bit on the site this year, nrlsupercoachtalk.com, as we mentioned. So uh, us three throw up an article or two every week. Been a bit of a change, though, this year. We're trying to make the uh, content a bit more... Uh, a bit heavier, I guess. We're getting some fresh blood in, which is always helpful. So, um, Lakey, there's been a bit of a shuffle around. You're now taking over New Dad Wenon's team's analysis. Firstly, you prepped for that? Yeah, mate. So I've uh, had, a, as Stasi sort of alluded to, like I've had some training wheels on the last couple of years. I've stepped in when needed to, uh, so I know what I'm getting myself into. But it does mean I'm stepping away from the captain's analysis each and every week. Maybe I'll touch on it a little bit because... Again, that was my baby. So, um, but yeah, no, I'll be doing the teams analysis and podcasts with you each week, and um, and we'll be sort of looking uh, to get a couple extra guys in to help us out with the workload. No, I'm very much looking forward to it. A couple of guys you may be familiar with, either from the side of the pod, that are coming to help out. We've got a cheapies article that we're going to be releasing each week. Um, captains, as you said, will be taken over by sell hold. Um, Carlos, he's uh, off for the year as well, so we've got a replacement for him, um, stepping into some pretty big shoes there. Also um, came up with an idea in the off-season for, we used to have it on a a segment on the pod here, it was sponsored for a brief time, the unpopular opinion of the week. So someone trying to play devil's advocate, um, trying to go zig while the others zag, so we'll have someone who uh, comes and drops in an unpopular opinion for the week on the site, that should be a good one there. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're going to have a lot uh, to get through. We've got a, a pretty stacked weekly schedule there, so really looking forward to it. Um, as well, we'll have our trade talk on the site as well. Um, so plenty on board around nrlsupercoachtalk.com. And before I get on to it, the uh, the league codes. We've got a group, if anyone doesn't have a head-to-head league or they're looking to uh, flesh out, that you can get 10 head-to-head leagues, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it is. We've got plenty on the site that are available. Uh, if you go on to that one that I've mentioned about seven times tonight, uh, we've got all our league codes there, our head-to-head, as well as our group code, uh, 242525. So that's our uh, unlimited 
Super Coach Talk group code. Um, as Lakey, I think you mentioned you've uh, got a special prize for the winner of that one. That's right. We've um, joined up with, uh, and I'm blanking on the name of it now. It's Super Coach Championship Champions Rings. Championship yep. Rings. Um, so they've provided us with a 2022 Championship Super Coach Ring. It's um, these things are so good looking. Uh, I've got it here next to me. Have you stopped wearing it? I have. I took it off after getting slandered in the last pod um, about good. ruining the thing. But it's here. It's beautiful. Um, the the coach who takes out our group, um, the number one coach in our group, will win this um, amazing looking ring. I'll put up a photo of it on our on the um, Super Coach Talk. Yep. Thing. Looks fantastic. If your internet was a little bit beautiful. better, the video would be uh, easy to see. But well done. Oh, um, <laughs> it's got it's got a bunch of drool all over it from every time I pull it out of the box. So just just start drooling. It's and no it's one classic. joined our group code. Thank you for yeah. selling that one so well, Lakey. Appreciate <laughs> that. Thanks, buddy. All right. So yeah, plenty to get through on the site this year. There's a lot uh, a lot of content that'll be landing your way. So get on board. Get in the chats now. Actually, we've got a fair bit. Uh, a lot of punters on there sharing their tips and thoughts on people's sides. So it's, uh, it's a great community to get involved in. All right. Let's get into some of the real Supercoach news of the day. Hopefully that soundbite sounds better than it sounded in our ears. That, that was, was absolutely <laughs> horrific. That was nice. Honestly. All it was was white noise static, probably better than our voices. trying to drown us but, out. So. <laughs> Why not? It's the new year. It is. So there's technically been three weeks of trials. The first was the uh, I think yeah, Broncos versus Wynnum and also the All-Stars game. And then there's been two weeks of uh, solid trial hitouts for a lot of the sides here. Um, unfortunately, one was washed out, Warriors and Titans, obviously with the um, ongoing floods up here in southeast Queensland. It was not, um, not an ideal time to try and hold an NRL game, so that got uh, washed out, which may have... A little bit of super coach implications, but I've got a couple of questions that I've written down here, questions that are coming out of these trials that I want to pose to you guys. Um, I'll list them off here and then we'll go through them one by one. Is Tevita Pangai too risky? Number one. Number two, is Ethan Bullymore a trap? Number three, is Pappy Pappenhausen ready to go? And number four, is the cheese Brandon Smith a must start now? So four, as I sat at the pub about half an hour before this um this podcast went to air. I uh, thought brainstorm myself, and these are the four big questions that I had. Um, actually, shout out to that pub, Stones Corner Hotel. Would love a sponsorship. And also, are you guys familiar with uh, Crowd DJ? Absolutely not. No. Okay, there you go. So most pubs, well, not most pubs, but some around the area have this app called Crowd DJ. So when you go into the pub, you can play whatever song you want. So you go onto there, you link up with the app or whatever, and then you control it on your phone. Stones Corner Hotel has John Williamson's True Blue available in their playlist to play. <laughs> so every time I go there, absolutely, G-7. every time I go there, I, I play that. <laughs> Play that song and you look around and it's a sea of either very confused faces, very angry faces or old blokes five rums deep that are absolutely loving it and bar staff that are just really over it. And they have about an hour limit. So after an hour, you can then play the same song again. So I'm usually there for more than an hour. So I try to get a good rotation in there. Um, Stone's Corner did cut me off the other day and, and, and cut the John Williamson train uh, in its in its tracks but anyway uh shout out to them crowd dj and stones corner there you go 
Do um, they have life at the outpost? No, actually, the only bar that I've ever been to that has it is the Caxton Hotel. Post-game, after a very rare Cowboys win at Suncorp, getting that shit on, on crowd DJ uh, lifts the roof off, let me tell it, you. It came on on my work radio um, maybe a month ago. I just heard it belting in the office and I thought someone's e- either listening to one of our pods from last year, which is great, or it's legitimately playing on radio, which is also great. So either you know, scenario. I would, like I, think, board. I would like to think the Scat Brothers who wrote Life at the Outpost I've had a few more buys, a few more listens and whatever uh, ever since I've made that song our, our theme song. So I haven't sued us yet. But anyway, shout out to the Scat Brothers. Very long-winded segue. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, Tavita Pangai, <laughs> is he too risky? Um, throw to you, Stasi is a resident Broncos fan who's seen Pangai up close and personal for a few years now. Pangai's performance in the, the trial was pretty dire in one word. Yeah, that, that was not good. It was, it was like he was trying to go for some sort of record in trials for being on report and sin binnings and just fighting all-round nice guy players like Roy Sun. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what he's doing. Um, I couldn't go near him personally. Um, he seems to be over his injury stuff from earlier in his career, but he is a constant suspension risk. And now with early guilty plea points as well. So now he's got, you know, he had all these um, um, carryover points, but now he's, he's pled guilty. Actually, did he get charged? Am I, am no, I he didn't actually. All right, and... so there you go. He's fine. That somehow got cleared from that, but has a stack of them um, going forward. So Lakey, I know we all picked him up because he's 500-odd K. He had a checkered last season. Um, we know what he can do in the game, but as Stasi said, is he now too much of a risk for you? Yeah, I, I'd gone cold on him before that game um, and then watching it I just was absolutely reminded of the loose cannon he can be at times um, can be a league winner can be a week winner uh, when he's on his game but you know those moments where he loses his head can also cost you leagues so um, I think off the top of head he was one of the most uh, sin binned guys of last season and uh, you know judging by that performance I don't think that's going to change this year. I think it's not worthwhile um, starting with him because you'll be looking for a replacement sooner rather than later. Yeah, he's 570k, he's dual positioned. So there's a couple of ticks in his his name and as we said we know what he can do. He throws offloads, he busts tackles, he gets quite heavily involved, but um, he has dropped to under 20% ownership, which I thought was a little surprising. He's a big name, big super coach flavour to him. Does that it, surprise you? Being available in the front row is going to give him a huge mm. tick, you know, regardless. Um, uh, having someone of his calibre um, able to be locked away in that spot is just a, a massive bonus when he's on his game. Um, he's playing wide for the doggies. He's going to be playing second row, um, edge, edge second rower. So he's you know, likely to be out there pumping up the offload stats and, and the attacking stats when they're on. But we've got to remember, it is still the dogs. They're not going to be scoring a whole lot of tries. Um, they've got a, a tough run early days. So it could be a bit of a, a, you know, a couple of weeks while they get their chemistry together, while they work out their combinations, while they figure out, you know, how best to use everybody. And um, in the meantime, you know, he could get his frustration from being in another losing side and he could try and rip a guy's jersey off for no apparent reason and just end up in, in the judiciary. 
sites again. So um, I can see the argument for having him. I'm actually a bit surprised he's as low as 20%, but mm. I think a few more people have seen that same sort of writing on the wall that we have. Yeah, I dropped him after this weekend. I thought, like, it's just too big a risk. You know, round one, he comes out again. So you did mention the the tough run. He does have the Cowboys and Broncos early days and then Manly, Penrith, uh, Storm, Souths. So, I mean, Cows and Broncos, he could go to town on, but against the Is Broncos... Is it too early to be labelling that round one game the, the Battle of the Spoon? Uh, definitely not, because the Cowboys, I don't know if you saw the ladder, the preseason ladder, we were number one. So if that's not a sure sign of premiership credentials, I don't know what is. Stop uh, but, the count. Exactly, thank you. Um, but the Bulldogs were really disappointing, actually. They were, they've were they come in with Matt Burton, you've got Josh Adokar there, Pangai Jr., all this fresh blood that everyone expected to sort of turn things around for them. And it, it was a bit bit more of the same. I mean, I didn't watch the whole game and I know we had varying um, stuff going on with, with the floods and all that and like he's COVID. But um, yeah, I mean, watching a bit of this game, the dogs looked pretty flat. There's not a lot not a lot to love early days there. So I don't know if we're yeah, expecting magic I things. I spoke about it in the Mega Guide a little bit. It's something I was expecting. They're, they have recruited well. They've, you know, um, improved at fullback in the center wings you know three of the four positions i think have been improved they've got a far better half than they had at any stage last year in matt burton their forward pack is vastly improved um next year getting reed marnie is going to be huge for them but you know they've still got the year with jmk until then but the problem is you can just throw all these pieces in together. You can't expect them to click from the get-go. They're, they're all fresh faces. They're very few of them have played together before. It's going to take a while to build combinations and build chemistry. And, and while that's happening, they're going to be on the back end of a couple of floggings, I think, from those powerhouses that they're coming up against in the early days. Um, does that, you know, that, that'll set them on the back foot. <laughs> The powerhouses I mentioned, yeah. <laughs> um, but they, it, it could lead to, you know, the morale dropping and, and whatever else. You just kind of hope they stick through the tough period and they can get better as the year goes on. Um, but it's it's going to take some time. I don't think anybody can expect miracles straight out of the gate. I think they'll have a few more level heads. Like I think Burton will bring a bit of professionalism, but clearly there was a bit of ill discipline in that team that they need to stamp out and... I'm personally uh, pretty excited to see the edge combo of TBJ and um, Jack Hetherington, how long they take to <laughs> both get sin binned in that same game and open up some doors for some uh, cheapies for us. But um, there's going to be some wild times in that pack. Do you yeah, guys man, actually when want to do a is down, Paul Vaughan can throw a barbecue to pull the boys <laughs> oh, together. Vaughan, forgot about Vaughan. Do you guys want to do our first take bet of the year on who's going to get suspended or sin binned first between Hetherington and TBJ? I want to throw that to you too. Uh, does anyone want to yeah, back I'm one a, in over I'm the king. other? Who, are yep. you Team TPJ is in Team TPJ. He's going to get suspended first. You got Stasi. I'll take the um, the outside. Uh, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Hetherington. Ooh. So right, Hetherington suspended. Yeah, I'll take TPJ. Okay, so TPJ gets suspended first. Lakey wins a stake. Hetherington Stasi gets a stake. Is that right? Done. Lock yep. it in. And where, I think we're catching up in round three or four, so we might be able to pay out by then. <laughs> and if they both get suspended on the in the one round, do I win? Do I win two? As <laughs> I a, think as everyone loses in that case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
There you go. I'll have to go to sudden death when they return. Love that. All right. First stake bet, stake bet locked and loaded. I think consensus Pangai is far too risky. Is that, that the call? Everyone's in agreement? Yeah. I agree. Cool. All right. Next question. Is Ethan Bullymore a trap? I know Wilfred's pretty high on the trap call here. He's 280K. He's coming in, potentially starting. But long term, do we see much cash? I'll throw to you, Stasi. Is Ethan Bullymore a trap? I keep flip-flopping on it. I, th- I think he is. I think his appeal comes down to just those lack of bottom dollar guys. And if you see someone in that front row position who is actually starting, it has some appeal. I don't think he's the best prospect. And you've got you've got guys coming back. So he's, what is he, 280K or thereabouts? Spot on. You, you've got... Um, Olukuatu, who will miss a, maybe one or two rounds, then you've got uh, Schuster due back. So how much money is he realistically going to make before those guys come back and bump him back to the bench where those minutes will go back down? Um, it, if he makes, I don't know, 100K, do you, is there someone to trade him out to at that time before he starts losing money? Um, I think it's a risky, risky prospect. If he was bottom dollar, you'd definitely have him in, but... It's kind of a tricky price point for mine. Lakey, what about someone that wants to just fill their side? They've got 285k spare. They've got one position to fill. Do you just go Ethan Bullymore in your um, front row, second row, and just move on? Think he'll occasionally make a bit of money, and if he Kelma starts to making good points, Kelma to Alangi, I'd take the chance on him over an Ethan Bullymore. I'm, I'm, I agree with Wilf in this one. I think he's a trap. I was never a big fan of him when he was at the Broncos. I can't believe he's in 30% of his teams. 27,000 people have got him at the moment. Yes, very um, surprising. It's, that's a huge risk to take. As Stossi said, he's got guys coming in who are going to replace him in short time. Um, then he'll be in a bench rotation. I don't... I mean, he's been in my side for all, probably all of five minutes um, before I saw the light and flicked him on. So not for me. The only plus I kind of see from him is that he's likely to play each week. And we know this season's going to be a bit of a mishmash with everything going on, injuries, suspensions, COVID. Um, so maybe a guy that's in a regular starting or second in a bench spot, I should say, position throughout the year is not the worst shout. Um, but, but again, if, like 280K is quite a high price. for. But for what do you, like, he'll be in your front row. There's no value for him yep. in second row forward. Um so is he going to be a 280K third front rower or are you going to run him as your second front rower with all that risk? I don't think you'd so, run him as your second front rower, absolutely not. Because so, then, so then you've got a 280K third front rower who's going to fill a spot for a few weeks and then potentially go back to the bench. Yeah, but even in, in that considering you make maybe at best 70K with his mm. starting spot and, and maybe, a, you know, is it a new club and he'll... Uh, put in a bit more so he makes gets his way up to 350k and then you know around five around six and all of a sudden 180k on the bubble cheapy has just landed because of injuries and whatever else um very easy to downgrade so in this season maybe this is another wider super coach question but what's a trade worth in 2022 oh the age-old question isn't it Everyone well, used to say 100k. Yeah, is yeah it changes year to year, doesn't it? Uh, we've got a few more trades up our sleeves this year, so it's probably worth a little bit less. You may be looking at 80, 85. Um, How many of us ran out of trades last year, though, with like a month to go? Where oh, yeah, easily. You just needed them to fill a side rather than worrying about downgrading an Ethan Bullymore. <laughs> Makatoa. Makahezu Makatoa, my hero. 
my A enough who turned into one of my very few starting players. Right. And he's been the killing the preseason yep. too. You gotta get He's had a great preseason. Absolutely. No, let's add him to the cheapy chat. Um, but there we go. So I don't know, I'm a bit on the fence with Bullymore. I can see why people are getting him in. He's just a warm body that's playing. Um, but I don't think you would play him, I think, on your point, Styles. I think you would play him week to week in your starting front row. He's there to sit to the side, make a bit of cash. If he gets a long-term starting spot, all the better. But I don't know. As, as like you said, there may be better cheapies out there, but we'll wait for, uh, for TLT. Uh, third question of four, is Pappenhausen ready to go? And it's probably a good question for you, Stasi, as the mailman. You've got your finger on the pulse. Uh, what's the go with Pappy? Because it doesn't sound good for round one prospects. Well, there's actually been precious little info coming out from the club on him. Uh, it's been a lot of speculation just based on the initial injury, which um, NRL physio said was quite minor and he should have no problems returning. Um he did a 18-hole uh, round of golf recently, which um, had punters a bit up in arms. Um, I have done that. I've done 18 holes of golf in in some of the worst states yeah. known to man. So that is nothing. I was going to say, which isn't a major achievement, um, but yeah, there's a bit of smoke and mirrors. Um, I personally think he'll be there, um, yep. but there's precious little official info coming out. Um, so, unfortunately, I think it's just going to be one of those TLT slash um, game time calls. I imagine if he's named, he'll play. I don't think they, in round one they'd name him and drop him out. The problem would be if they name him in, like, the extended bench. <laughs> yeah, um, the, there, was, um, there was a bit of chat after the game, after the Storm Knights trial on the weekend. Um, they interviewed... You know, Munster and they interviewed Bellamy um, and asked them the same sort of question. And Bellamy himself said that they're hoping to have him dead, but they got to see how he pulls up over the next couple of weeks um, or something to that effect. But I, he sounded optimistic. The commentary throughout the game was basically writing him off. Oh, um, the commentary like, sounded like he was going to miss like the first yeah, that's six right. months of the season so, or something. But they're, And they're basically talking up that Munster was going to be playing that role in the early days. And then Cooper Johns went and busted his shoulder. So they're you know searching for a half pairing now. But um, yeah, Bellamy himself struck me as somewhat more optimistic of him making it. But it, it's just, we just don't know. There's been no, um, as Stolze said, there's been no information. It's not that we, you know, can second guess what we've heard. There's just been nothing. Physios basically said as long as they're, it's not smoke and mirrors, the actual injury they said he had should be no worries for round one. So um, yeah, we're holding, to, holding you to that, Brian Sini. NRL physio, he's called it, he's right for round one. In the uh, the off chance that he's not and he misses potentially a week, uh, what are you guys doing with him? Because I assume you've both got him in your sides. You do. Still yeah, well, I, I did, and I think this is the uh, – we're leaving this for the uh, shock team bit. All right, there's, okay. There's, won't, there's won't probably spoil, a one – Won't spoil, obviously. We'll, there's we probably haven't. a 1% chance I'd do it, um, and Pappy's probably back anyway. But, yeah, we'll save the uh, chat for then just for something – potentially okay. controversial. Lakey, is there any thought? I mean, if I, I said if he's out for round one, I don't care. I'll keep him in because I think the Teddy and Pappy combination is something I can't go without. One week, we're already missing a stack of other players, so I'm, I'm going to run the gauntlet. What about you? Yeah, I'm probably the same, but I've also got Munster in my side at the moment who's in the same boat. So yeah. that's a lot of cash to be sitting on the pine for a week. Um, plus Harry Grant. like 
Yeah, I've got grand as well, and that's the so, like. If how many do you do that for? <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's a lot of points to be leaving. Um, you know, on out of your round one side. So the, a tough call will have to be made somewhere in my side if uh, Pappenhausen isn't up. Yep. No, brave, brave call there. Maybe 3A, question 3A. How many players not starting in round one do you currently have in your side? Maybe not starting definitely and then not starting potentially like Pappenhausen. So like you, Lakey, I've got Harry Grant in there at the moment. I've currently got Brendan Piakura. I mean, Broncos Same. guy, yeah, he... he up and up and about with what he may actually do uh, with uh, his role coming back in round two, and then I've got Pappenhausen with the injury flag next to him. Uh, do you have anyone different? Yeah, as I said, I've got Munster, um, I've got Piakura. I mean, when you say potential, we've got you know a week and a half until the season kicks off, and with COVID the way it is, these guys could potentially all be out, but. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, it's uh, Brennan Piacura, uh, Munster, Harry Grant, and uh, Ryan Pappenhausen. So there are a, a few question marks on my side. Um, there are a few guys I'd love to flick and get other replacements for, but I've got a bit of cash. I've got 50, 60K there um, for uh, some tweaking on um, mm. Tuesday afternoon when the teams come. Stasi, what about you? Anyone different? I've got Harry Grant and Nathan Cleary. Um, Cleary is obviously easy because they play that first game, but if we're talking about potential outs, um, obviously if he's not there, I can't have that amount of cash sitting on the bench, so he will just change to someone. But, yeah, currently him and Grant. And how much waiting are we putting to one round in the season, round one? So we, we're talking about these guys, genuine guns. You've got Harry Grant, um, Pappenhaus and Cleary, Munster. Guys that we know... Season long will perform. We're really saying just because they're not in round one, they should be written off entirely, which a lot of people are doing. It, yeah, it it's it varies. Like with Grant and um, uh, Munster and guys like Latrell Mitchell and Reese Walsh, you know they're back in round two. They're they're out through suspension, so you know exactly when they're coming back. For an injury risk like Cleary, maybe they take the cautious approach same with Pappenhausen they take a cautious approach and you know if you sit him on the bench for round one maybe they sit him for round two and three and really wait until he's 110% before they bring him in because it is a long season that plus origin commitments to a lot of these top guys it's it's a a real grind of a year Um, so I'd be looking at replacing a Cleary or Pappenhausen over the other guys because we know when they're getting back Yeah, and something else you have to factor in is that points difference above the replacement player. So if you, I'm just going to use basic numbers to keep the point simple, but let's say you think Pappy's going to average 100 and he misses that first game and the bloke you bring in uh, averages 90. So the 100 you, he's the 10 points per game more he would average than the player. The fact that you've missed it, you've got to wait like 10 rounds to make up that. 100-point difference, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I think, yeah, if you look at it that way, I mean, who knows what's happening in 10 rounds or whatever, but mathematically that's that's the way it'll play out. But I don't know, there's something too, like a guy like Latrell Mitchell, for example, um, even Reese Walsh at a pinch, but guys that people are just going to ignore because they've got the big red tick or red cross against their name. 
um, all of a sudden become huge pods from round two onwards. Um, so everyone goes with, you know, the, the tried and tested Teddy and Pappy, but there's, I don't know, there's a room. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not doing it myself as, as Stasi's phone goes ballistic. I'm not doing I it that myself. was your phone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think there's a, there's something to it there um, that these guys, just because they're missing one game, uh, all of a sudden become pods. I don't know. I think if you go, you're yeah, I'm, a risk. I'm risk big on Latrell this year. If, if Latrell wasn't suspended, I think I'd be starting with him. Um, they're in a, a very strong attacking side and he's most likely the goal kicker for that side. So I think there's a bit of improvement in him. Um, but the suspension hurt. What helps, though, is he's had one game cut off that, so he's only missing one game, and, and that brings him right back into the fray if a Pappenhausen is out. It could be the fact, as you said, like as we just spoke about, if if we got a you know boot puppy, um, maybe grab Latrell because you know he's coming back the following week as opposed to when Pappenhausen does come back. Hasn't this changed feel- his style, though. Hasn't changed his style. Sorry, style. Nah. No, uh, this feels like a real risk-averse season, though. Like, let's let's say you start these guys who miss that first round, then you have a couple of COVID outs. Hmm. Where, where's your team come from? I mean, round one, it's a bit easier with rolling lockout, but if it's, say, a Pappy or a Cleary, where one week might become two, three, then you get COVID run through a team camp. And I guess talking about that, like how many players do you want to have from the same team in case they all get COVID and miss, but... I can see players just dropping out at any stage. So I think you just want to have blokes who are on the field <laughs> each yep. week. Okay. Like you can't predict COVID, but you can eliminate risk of just putting yourself in that position where you're down suddenly five guys. Yep. Smart call. Smart yeah, call. Num- number four, question four, uh, is cheese a must start now? Brandon Smith, his suspension, as you mentioned, for same for Latrell, same for Reese Walsh, has been reduced by a week courtesy of the All-Stars game. So is uh, Brandon Smith a must start now, Lakey. No, no, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't. Did not expect that. No, I don't believe anybody is a must start um, outside of the basement cheapies that you kind of have to start with, so you can afford the other guys. But the as far as guns go, no one's a must start. Um, cheese just because he's playing, I don't think you have to. I could understand you do get him in. But I feel like, you know, your Harry Grants, Damian Cooks of the world are probably a step, a, a tier ahead of him in the hooking role. And then there's guys at second row, Dave Fafitas, Angus Crichtons, um, Ryan Madison also. Those guys are well ahead of him in, in the second row. So I don't think he's a must start, but I can see the appeal. Yeah, I think people will get excited that he's playing. Um, so... He's not underpriced. Like, he had a great season last season, average 68. Does anyone want to guess what his previous, like, best average was? Well, I reckon well, he would be below about 15 or yeah. 20 or something, didn't he? Yeah, it was 55 the previous season. So he already raised that average by 13 points a game. If he's playing out of lock like everyone expects him to, he had two games playing at lock last season for an average of 63, which is below a 68, and that included a try. Um so if, yeah, he's not undervalued. And, like, Grant is probably undervalued based off his stints on the bench, obviously not there round one, which has to be factored in, like I said before. But um, I wouldn't say he's a must-have either. I almost think he is. I almost think, like, the fact that he's now got a settled spot in this side with Harry Grant taking the number nine jersey from 
round two onwards and the fact that you know, last year with the cheese, he was concussed. I think Lakey, you and I were at a game, or I was at a game with someone. He was suspended. We... Yeah, he was suspended across Magic Round, and he ended up uh, at Suncorp. Uh, there was one game at Suncorp where he scored a try, got looked like severely concussed, came back on, scored another try. <laughs> you were crowing him. Like, I don't know, he's yeah, just got right. a game that seems just built for uh, 2022 NRL style of play. So I don't know, as soon as he was cut, uh, the suspension was cut, I had him straight into my side. I and mean, he's a tough watch when you don't own him. I think being in that locked jersey full-time now, not having to split a role with, with Harry Grant or anything like that. I don't know, I just like watching him play. He looked hungry in the trials. I think the, the reduced suspension will do him good. And then under 600, 600k, I see him being a 650, 700k player, um, which... You know, isn't talking about the potential value to sell him, but it's talking about his potential points value. And I know you, you brought up a, an interesting point with that two games at lock. I wasn't aware of that, but I don't know. I just see his game being a 70-point-plus player uh, throughout the season. So as soon as his uh, suspension was lifted, I had him in. Um, remains to be seen how that goes, but I'd rather him at the almost same price as Tavito Pangai Jr., who I got rid of. So Does Storm yeah. play the first buy? No, they don't. I just checked. Thank you. I was going to say that could be another point in his favour, I guess, if they play that first buy, because uh, obviously he wouldn't play Origin, um, but mm. they don't. <laughs> Would love him to play for Queensland, though, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, geez, it's not even round one. We're already already thinking about buyers. That's, uh, that's where the season is going. All right, let's take a quick break. Thanks for that, guys. My burning questions have been answered. We'll come back. We'll go through some of the other injury news, and we'll get into cheapies and then some of the biggest surprise packets in emissions from your side. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All righty, we're back from the break. Lakey, uh, before we get into the, the news and, and uh, cheapies and everything else, I understand we've got some questions, comments, concerns, styles coming in. We do. We do. We do. We had a couple of boys um, jumped on our uh, pod announcement to to give us a couple of questions. First one comes from uh, Twitter's favorite, I think, NRL SC Sponge, Ben. Um, he's asked Stalsy in particular, how do you keep being so amazing in providing us all such glorious content is my main question. Ben's just an absolute gem, isn't he? He's, the, he's a champion of the champion of the world. He's, he's so wholesome. Like I, I love just his updates every day, just checking in with people, seeing, making sure they have a great day. So it's it's people like you, mate. You 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 turn up for people like yourself. 
So spot on. Um, you know, we always talk about the great super coach community. I think he's probably top of the props in a lot of ways. So um, a lot of good people out there, and that's the reason we do what we do. Second one comes from the NRL stat man. He said, whatever happened to Tiger Tim? Anybody got any ideas? Uh, he got sick of following the Tigers and gave up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think that one predates all of us, so... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, no. Tiger Tim, you're out there. Make yourself known to SC Statsman. Um, who I think uh, coincidentally has his own competition running uh, where the mega guide for next year is one of the prizes. So get on board that. Go give him a follow. Uh, all right. So Tiger Tim, make yourself known. <laughs> no, that's it. I say there was one other punter who's uh, asked if we could play the Postman Pat uh oh. One other punter. What's 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 the handle of that uh, punter? No, I don't know. It's a bit illegible. So um, I think we might try and find that, and we can play that a bit later on. Um, So actually, (laughs) breaking news at the time of uh, recording. So Pat, the NRL mailman, has just chimed in thirty seconds ago to say there is only one Pat, and he delivers snail mail. His profile photos. Literally, uh, postman Pat. So there you go, uh, Stiles. You got some competition, even though Wacko is out of the game. So anyway, uh, if we get any else as we go to air, we'll throw them to you. Um, I wish we did actually have the postman Pat, um, your your rendition of it. It was quite good value, but um, sadly my technological abilities aren't strong enough to uh, strip that from the last pod. So anyway, maybe we'll get you to sing it at that's, the end. Of that's the super unfortunate. Yeah, don't you hate that? Anyhow. Alrighty, back onto the uh, the main part of the pod. So uh, we'll get into some injury news first. Uh, we did cover a little bit of that in the, the first half of the pod. Um, ones that we didn't talk about, Ben Trebojevic, Burbo. Uh, he's just come, I think, is he four weeks out? Uh, the news was not good with uh, the injury uh, diagnosis for him, as well as Ola Kawatu coming out of that game. Marty Tapao also... Um, Right, should be right for round one, but picked up a back injury. So, Manly were all over the shop. Um, Burbo, should we talk about him? So, he was a very popular chief. He still is. Um, unlikely now to see the first two, three, four rounds of the season. What are we doing with him? Is it worth keeping him around as a, a cheapy Stilesy? Uh, I never saw him as a option, really, like even as enough. Um, I just want to have players in my side for the reasons I mentioned earlier. Um, I think it's too risky to not have him, uh, to not have a, a warm body on the park. I, I think it maybe isn't as bad as initially thought. I don't think there's been real, really much news of it after that, so he might be back a little bit sooner. But um, I don't know. He, he's sort of first or second man up, isn't he? He wasn't really in line for much round one, was he? I mean, there was talk about him getting a bit more of an increased role. He was, I think, played an average of 10 minutes last season. So it was very... Yeah, I had him as enough last season and he came in towards the end when I'd want to loop him, pumping out ones Mm. in four minutes and that. So that was was great. Played at centres, I think, in the first trial and did pretty well. And then you had, obviously, Kola. I don't want to mispronounce the name so early on, but um, the blistering pace of him uh, coming in on, on trial two sort of put Burbo on the uh, the back burner there, but um, they've got a lot of options either at, whether it's centre, second row, uh, lock, even I think that Trebojevic could fill. But I don't know. The name's going to entice a lot of people, but I think are we in agreement just to leave him out of the side until such time as he gets back on the park and we know what he's going to do this year? Lakey, is that what you're doing? 
Oh, like he's dead. Stylesy, what are you he's doing? Gone. Uh, well, I was going to say, there's a couple of guys, like, if you're going to start with enough, you'd want it to be someone who you'd reasonably expect to play in the first couple of rounds that you don't want to mm. have to trade in after a couple of rounds because if you're holding a guy like Burbo for, let's say, theoretically 10 rounds, would he not be the perfect downgrade for a fattened cow down the line? Like, are you sort of kneecapping your side by not having a downgrade option by holding this guy for too long just to free up cash for your round one side or something. Um, The only case I could see is like maybe a a Joseph Swali who you could reasonably expect if he's missing round one, he'd come in in the first couple of rounds. And obviously if you don't start with him, you've got to bring him in for someone who hasn't really made any money. So it makes sense to hold a player like that, but you've got to save some downgrades. Same with like Jack Howarth and a couple of guys like that who might come into contention down the line. You you need someone to free up cash. Hmm. Yep. No, good call. Um, yeah, hard to see where Chaboyevich's role really lies. I know there, as I said, was talk about him getting an increased role. and But I don't know, Manly seemed pretty strong in quite a lot of positions. And, um, you know, they've got a, a few injuries now, but it now also coincides with Chaboyevich's injury. So not good news for him, but... Um, and yeah, for me, he's a, he's a leave out for the time being. Um, Tamalolo, hamstring niggle, uh, the, the most dreaded word in, in all of Supercoach NRL, whatever it may be, the hamstring. So we all already thought he was a wait and see, or at least I did. Um, the news that he missed uh, last week's trial with a hamstring concern is not good news. Um, he's not in my side, despite being an avid Cowboys fan. Was he in yours? And or if not, does this just solidify your opinion? He, the only stage I think I had him in my side was when the app first opened and I chucked him in just because uh, until we got a sense for what was going on. Um, I've got no interest in him. Uh, hamstring injuries, he broke his hand about a million times last season. Um, he's not being used like he used to. There was talk about do they just pay out the rest of his 10-year contract and move on from him. Um that absolutely bizarre interview a few weeks ago when he was asked about his COVID status where he just said it's all good. Uh, I think that was because he had it and he's got that four-week sort of Mm. window of um, time where they can't get it again or whatever, where they've got those exemptions. I'm still not sure where that's at. So is he actually going to play all the games? Um, There's way too much risk some upside but not huge upside and there's a lot of guys in that price range or below like Nanai and Luki and like Eliasa Katoa and a couple of guys like that who are cheaper than him who probably have better security and upside and less question marks. So I can't go near him. Yeah. He is a he is a guy who if he starts in the front row, which I think um, you might know more on this um, JT, but in photo ops a few weeks ago he was pictured with the number thirteen on his back, wasn't he? Suggesting that he was going to start at lock despite everyone wanting him to be in that front row rotation. Yeah, I don't know how much weight to put on that kind of thing because all the talk has come out that Ruben Cotter is going to be... Um, that's the role that he filled last season before injury, Cotter, that is. And whether he just comes in... Because that I mean that the model 13 or lock forward in today's game is no longer Tal Malolo. It's a guy like Cotter and Algel forward like a Cam Murray or whatever. So I, I don't know. I, I see um, everything coming out suggests that Lolo will move to the front row, which is where we need a bit of starch and where I think his best position... Um, is so I, I don't know if it's, it's almost much of a muchness with Lolo as long as he's not in the hmm. second row, he'll play the same sort of game. But where, I, where I was going with it was he's a prime candidate to get that dual flexibility in round yeah. six or 12 when they do those reviews now this season. Um, but that's that's the only other sort of upside 
I potentially see for him? It's such, I think he's one that you've just got to sit back and watch. So I think I wrote that in the mega guide as well. Um, we have, he's 480k. He's not going to go anywhere. So unless you see him pumping out 120s, which I would love, um, he's just, his price isn't going to go ballistic. So I think we get two weeks or so to see actually how his role is, what his mindset's like, even if he gets on the park, because that's still a question mark with his hamstring. And how yeah, plenty of time him. to sit back. Oh, Lakey's <laughs> back. <laughs> Jeez, he's come out, of, come out of nowhere. <laughs> I've been back this whole time. I'm just listening along intently. You guys have been putting some... Weirdly, he's got his camera off now, though, so I don't know what he's doing, but uh, glad to see you back. Paige has been a bit spotty, so I tried to cut down on the the load on it. So, Um, But, yeah, on Lolo, I just say I'm I'm in agreement. I think you've got to wait and see. It's just too many question marks hanging over him in the early Mm. days. Um, And you say depends what his vaccination status is and if he can play in, in bits and pieces because it's it's especially tight up in Queensland with the vaccination stuff. And being that's a home base, you just don't know how they're going to handle it. Yep. No, I agree. It's uh, Yeah, he, he should be right for three or four months based on his interview, but beyond that, I have no idea. So anyway, for me, Lolo, as much as I love him, uh, he's a wait and see. Uh, other one on the injury front I had here, and I'll throw it to you guys if there's any others, but Luke Keary. Um, he's been through the wars, obviously missed a huge chunk of last season and this season it's uh, not started ideally for him. Styles, have you got any other info on him? I know he was bandied about as a bit of an option this year, um, pretty handy player on his day, um, but has he got too much baggage to worry about picking for this year? Um, there was a bit going on. It's come out. I'm actually um, one of NRL Physio's um, Patreons, so shout out to him. He's got a lot of content and in-depth stuff on there that he doesn't um, have character limits for and that for um, putting on Twitter. But the short of it, without going through all his um, <laughs> premium analysis, is uh, I think he expects to play round one. Yeah, is Patreon only fans for like Twitter. rugby league? <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I know Wilfred has one, uh, Physio has one. I don't know what Patreon is. Um, oh, God help us if Wilfred has an OnlyFans. I'd <laughs> <laughs> subscribe. I just want to see what it's like. Jeez, no. Anyway, sidetracked again. Um, yeah. No. So, Kiri okay. came out today and said that he's going to be there round one. He's fully expecting to be suiting up. Did he say he was training the house down? No, he's had a bit of time off, so. Um, what I understand, coming back from his ACL, he had a bit of um, like compensation, compensatory issues where he's sort of overworked other bits while he's... It's righto, Mr. Physio over here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So he's had to take some time off to let those other bits and pieces freshen up, but he should be good to go. Would either of you pick him in your halves? No. No, I probably wouldn't. Um, the big thing about guys returning from ACL is they can have a slow year. Uh, f- very few of them are at top speed in the very and the, the year back from an ACL injury. It's year two that they start really hitting their straps about eighteen months on. So, Kiri, uh, for me, he's a wait and see as well. Okay. Everyone's really overinflating the seventy-five uh, from his first three games last season. I think. Um, yeah, the average is 75. Uh, that had a 70, 123, and a 33. The 70 was against uh, the um, Turboless Seagulls when they were spoon contenders. The 123 was against the Tigers, and the 33 was against the Rabbitohs. So probably the only good team at the stage out of that ACL, bunch. Isn't it? 
He played 76 minutes, though. Yeah, okay. Yep. So he played basically the whole game. And his previous average is 59, 61, 49, 59, which I get weren't in the six again era per se. But I think we're, we're expecting a 75 average based on those three games. And I don't think he'll get there, particularly coming off this injury. And uh, he's had a couple of these injuries now. So I think the recurrence rate is going to be pretty high. Um, so he's he's a risky prospect for mine. If I can throw out a comparison, Michael Morgan, uh, guy I was obviously a little bit high on every now and again, uh, relatively. So you're trying to further days. sell people off Luke Keary, is what <laughs> yes. I'm hearing? But every time we'd say, like, this year he hasn't got JT, so he's going to go gangbusters, and then he would play a few rounds, go okay, and then go off the boy with injury or just, um, you know, whatever. But I guess yeah, for him, he doesn't have... Vastly different sides. Though. I was about... Okay, like, yeah, I was about <laughs> to suggest that maybe the Cowboys of Morgo's era were not as good as the Roosters, but... There you go, you got in ahead of me. But I don't know, I, I just think as a guy with a huge amount of potential but never has translated historically in Supercoach terms. So what do we expect this year? at year? his top is uh, matchup dependent play. I, You know, he he's always at the top end for try assists. He's always at the one of the league leaders. But, you know, he can get them in bunches. He'll, he'll put a three or four on in a game where the Roosters blow out one of the lesser sides. And, um, you know, he can, as Stasi just alluded to, he struggles against the, he can struggle against the top end guys. He's, um, I've just pulled up his stats to back you up there, Lakey, from 2020. Um, his top scores 106 against the Broncos, 140 against the Knights. So that doesn't represent either of us very well there, but, um, <laughs> not great teams. Uh, if you look at some top sides, 17 against the Panthers. Uh, 11 against the Storm. Um, it looked like he played 63 minutes and missed the next couple of games, so he might have got hurt there, but that's still 11 in 63 minutes. 22 against the Raiders, 18 against the Raiders again. Um, there's a 16, there's an 80 against the Storm the other time they played, but by and large, these are not good scores against good sides, and those big scores came against not good sides, so seems pretty flat track bully. <laughs> Does I think we may have also just lost Lakey uh, with his internet, so it might just be you and me, Stylesy, to close this podcast out. But uh, anyway, that's all we need, mate. Well, exactly right. So Luke Carey is a question mark and too high a question mark, I think, to worry about the super coach. But all the best for him coming back. All right, let's get into the cheapies. Let me take a soundbite here. Hope it works better than the last. Oh, listen to that! How good, nice peaceful intro into the cheapy talk here. Stasi, let's start with the guys that we must have. I have four names here. I'm going to rattle them off. Cheapies for 2022 that we must have. And these are guys sub 300k, would you agree? That's a cheapy in this Yeah, I, th- I think this season you'd go sub 300. I think other seasons you'd probably want them a little bit cheaper, but there's basically no bottom dollar guys who are going to start, so I think we can extend that out a bit. Yep. Uh, agreed. All right. So the guys I've got, four of them, Penasini for the Eels, Targo for the Panthers, Randall for the Knights, and Ilias for the Bunnies at halfback there. Four guys I think you must have in your side. Do you disagree? Nope. I have, have all four. I think they should be all 100% owned. Yep. Agreed. Uh, anyone else that I'm missing from that list that you think is a must have? Um, if we're looking at just cheapish guys who are 
named. I think um, uh, we were going to talk about him anyway. I think you, your infamous, uh, you were calling him Sloan off air and we're talking about um, <laughs> Talatau Amone. Um, he looks to have stitched up that half spot at the Dragons um, and based on that sub 300k of a guy who's actually starting uh, dual position, um, I think he's he sh- should be uh, highly considered as well. Yep. Maybe not the same to the same level as the other guys, but um, he, he had some good trials. Defense was a bit suspect, but he laid on a couple of try assists, and I think he had some good super coach scores based on the the, the guys who were putting in the hard yards to uh, figure out what those scores might have been on the trials. I think he came in around the low 50s, which is about what he averaged in that playing that position last season. He mm. hopped around a bit, but in his starts in the halves, I'm, I had the Dragons in the mega guard. I'm pretty sure it was low 50s he averaged um, when starting at 5.8. Yeah. No, I think he played a game against the Cowboys late last year and, and played quite well. So um, huge wraps on him. I think he's a um, uh, maybe not a must-have for me given the price tag, but um, yeah. I think he's a tier down from those first four, yeah. but um, he's definitely uh, – I, I have him. I haven't, He hasn't left my side for – ages um security you think is okay yeah it should be and initially um was it Jaden sullivan the other bloke at the dragons who this is going back a couple of months it was sort of between those guys but he's um solidified himself in that spot yeah agreed all right so those are the cheapies we must have cheapies with question marks so there's quite a few on here and i know a lot of people are tinkering with their sides trying to fit these guys in should they get them should they not um, let me rattle off the names one by one here. Uh, Burbo, Bentravojevic, Blake Taff, uh, Amone, we've just said might be a, uh, a tier above, so maybe we exclude him. Tepoi Moiroa, uh, recently uh, re-signed by the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Andrew Fafida, Tuolangi, Schneider, uh, one I've missed that I've just thought of, George Burgess, the Dragons. And uh, hopefully we get Lakey back to talk about this miscellaneous Knights guy that he threw up. He's, he's back by the looks of it. I've seen him ghost back in. There he is. So there, there we go. So we'll uh, let him talk about that if he does get back. So maybe to start at the top there, we did talk about him uh, at depth just before, but Ben Trebojevic, cheapy with a question mark. I think there's quite a few on him. I think is the consensus you just ignore him for now and look at him later? Yep. Yep. Agreed. Blake Taff, maybe we talk about both the uh, the Rabbitohs guys in this instance here. So as we said, Ilias nailed down the halfback spot by the looks, so should get a lot more security with his role there. Blake Taff, though, with the news that Latrell Mitchell's coming back a week earlier, i.e. round two, uh, yeah, very interesting what happens with Taff. Is best-case scenario he gets bumped to 14 and, and uh, you know, ekes out a bit of cash in... The first few rounds, what do you see playing out for him? I can't see any value now with Luttrell coming back early. Um, I think a lot of people were running with the narrative that um, depending on how they start, he might go into the halves and Elias drops out. But um, Taff himself said he's not an up to NRL halves duty at this stage and he would be a, a utility. So you're getting one round at fullback and... We know that first score is the first score to drop out of their rolling average, so you're not going to see really any, any benefit of that mm. with price rises. Then you've got a 14, which we know is just poison for Supercoach. So <laughs> I can't see any reason now you'd start with him, to be honest. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Taff is... Uh, he, he was a lot more enticing when Latrell was out a couple of weeks, but 
Ilias, I think I said to you guys at the start of the pod, uh, Ilias is seen as a long-term option at halfback for the Rabbits, so he should be the one that's um, uh, he should be the one that's there uh, post Latrell's return. The other guy I did want to ask about is Talatau Amon Amone. I think I hope I'm saying that yep. right. Correct. Amone. Amone. Um, at the your Dragons, he he's really exciting uh, as a super coach yep. cheapy because of the dual 58 center wing yep. flexibility um and you compare we talked the- about him when you dropped out mate <laughs> oh sorry sorry I, I just um i did want to i was just going to ask about uh, how we uh, pairing him with a um uh kurt man type prospect yeah uh, yeah i've actually team. done that that's a great point i've actually done that i've got um I've got Man at 5'8", um, currently, and I've got Amone at center wing. I think it's a – you said you had Munster, right? Yes, that's right. I think that's a particularly good uh, strategy for people who have Munster because you can start Man at 5'8", and not start Amone in round one and have Munster on your 5'8", bench, not playing, then sub Munster straight back in, then shuffle Amone up to your f- non-playing 5-8th and then start Kurt Mann in your center wing from round yeah. two. There's, say, I think that's a great a strategy. Um, it's something I really am excited about with him. Um, who, who else? I mean, I, I did drop out. Apologies to everyone. My, <laughs> You're all good, man. My whole thing froze up, so it's jumped out. So who have we not spoke about in these cheapies that we were going through? Um, we agreed on all the must, role, like the, the must have. What's... Nah, he was, the, he was the next man up. So I think a lot of Moreau's appeal um, was when we weren't sure what was happening with Nas. Um, we had cheese suspended and a couple of these things. I think all his appeals gone. I don't think you can have him in your sides uh, now. Yeah, I guess... The big sticking point on Moreau with me is he wasn't in the trial side on the weekend. He wasn't. He he was playing in the Brezies or the um, you know the second grade side initially, and he got pulled up when there was a couple of guys that um, dropped out late from the trial side. So it doesn't look like he's in the seventeen at this stage, which puts a, a big thick red line through him to start. Yeah, the year. I think they're preferring. Um... There's a couple of kings kicking around. Is it Max King, the Storm King, or uh, is Matt, it oh Max Josh King Josh King? Yeah, Josh King. Josh King, King maybe. Yeah, I'm getting Josh him mixed King. up. Yeah. He had a really good showing. Yeah, he had a good, he had a good showing in those trials. I th- and I think he'd be preferred um, in that bench rotation spot that um, Maroa probably was going to occupy. Yep. Yep. And on a similar. Um, for feeder, he's in a similar sort of boat. As the, um, you know, that front row. Which same one? There's, there's seven of them. <laughs> that is true. Um, the original OG for Fafita, Andrew Fafita, uh, coming back from that throat, that bad throat injury, sort of put him in a. That was horrible, wasn't and, it? Yeah, there was the question marks of whether he was ever going to play again, or you know, it was not only career threatening but life threatening at one stage. But um, He's got through the All-Stars match now and he played the trial on the weekend and he's looked pretty good in both. Um, has that earned him any um, extra minutes? Do we he think? does that, though. Every year, like, 
even even his injury years, he he always shows up for All Stars. Uh, I think it's really important to him. Um, he always has great All Star performances. Um, he did start on the weekend in that trial, but he. I, I think I missed a good chunk of this game. He is in jersey sixteen, and there was no eight, so I think there was maybe a shuffle that many started instead. There was a shuffle. The um, Toby Rudolph was out. Um, he was a late exclusion, and with Cam McInnes going down. Uh, Dale Finucane shifted into lock. So both yep. those guys sort of moved out of the front row rotation, which pulled Andrew Fafita into it. But um, even as a bench prospect, if he can get 35 to 40 minutes at, uh, what, you know, 0.9 PPM, 0.8 PPM, he, he's probably got a bit of uh, earning power in him. But is he going to be worthwhile to start with? We're talking he, about Ethan Bullymore. Sorry to cut you off, Stars. We're talking about Ethan Bullymore, who's likely to be a benchy at 80k more than Andrew Fafita. We're really not talking about Fafita as a must-have, uh, even with the bench roll. Like, surely there's 100k up for grabs there. It, it I just think depends it's... on his minutes. It's, uh, hmm. they, it's so up in the air about how, how many he gets. If I knew he was going to be getting 35 to 40 minutes, he'd be on my bench, no questions asked. But I just don't know. Um the new coach and everything, how Fitzgibbon wants to play him and they've got the new personnel and it's just how he fits in with the side. He sort of fell out of favour um, with Morris, but I think Fitzgibbon's a fan. Um, I think he likes what he's done and, you know, he's got the potential. He he was one of, at one stage, he was the first picked in front row. So he's got the potential there, but I just, I wish we had some clarity about how many minutes he was going to get. Yeah, for me, it's just that constant injury risk. Like, there is a reality where you start with him, he gets hurt a couple of rounds in, you've made no money, and then you, you it's hard to trade out a guy at that price. Um, when you got guys like Max King at the Bulldogs, your mate Momosea, um, who's potentially an option, who's maybe a couple of grand cheaper, has dual and is an injury prone. Uh, same price. He's at 205K as well. Okay. Um, but he's, I guess, in... I, if we're going to go and sort of lump these guys in the same sort of boat, he, I, I see him as being a sort of a 17 jersey type guy. Um, he can play second row and front row, so he's got that um, flexibility to cover anywhere in the pack should they need it. Um, but he, um, I just don't know what sort of minutes he'll be getting. They're, they're big fans of him in the club. Um, he's going to be one of the uh, – he's going to be there for a long time, I hope. And I guess the big tick in his book is he started over Fitzgibbon for one of the recent trials. Um, but uh, Golden boy that, Fitzgibbon. That's exactly mm. right. That is boy. So, Daddy will um, cut their funding if he doesn't get a starting no, spot. No, he's, he's, still, he's still played out the game. He'll still be there on the bench somewhere. But just, um, <laughs> I guess, for my... If Mongosia is there and thereabouts he's probably an option but again I'm, I'm the same thing I don't know how many minutes he's going to get so uh, to cut that one short Andrew Fido I've got him in my side uh, Stasi is he in yours he he's not but I can see myself getting tempted by it come TLT if there's nothing else attractive yeah. in that price range in that front row position Lakey uh, I don't think so at the minute I've gone back and forth between him and um, Mamosia Okay, all right. We'll see how that goes. TLT time. Uh, Tuolangi, 
he is a Tigers bench prospect. Um, I don't know too much about him. Lakey, throw to Possible you. starter. Possible starter. Over Luke Garner and future it's... 2023 Premiership winner Luciano Leilua. Yes, I know. <laughs> Lucy's got one side locked up. It's the question mark is on the other side. It was going to be Sean Bloor. Um, but you know, well, he's, potentially Sean Bloor. Yeah, it was probably going to be. Yeah, but he's done his ACL. He's out for the year, and um, now it's up. It, it looks like it'll probably be Garner, but um, Tuolangi's played starting role in the last two trials, albeit Garner's been missing from both games. But um, Tuolangi's played very well in both those games. Um, I think he set up a try in one, and he scored a try in the other. Uh, been very involved, and um, yeah, as I said, he's put he's put his hand up for more minutes. In any he job. he did. Um, I I did his write up. So he played four games last season, scored a try in two of them. So fifty percent hit rate, and he had that same rate in these trials. The Garner thing's the only problem because Garner wasn't there. I think he had some niggles, so that's the problem. It's is he starting? because Garner wasn't there, or is it his spot to lose now because of these strong performances? I think he's a better player than Garner. I think Garner's their sort of gaffer tape that they put on that edge when they're not really sure what they want to do with it because we've seen him sort of rotate Sorry, in Sorry, Luke Garner. Jeez. Just yeah. to gaffer tape himself, Luke Garner. Jeez, an avid listener of is the Is that going to be one of your emojis that you're throwing up in the... <laughs> the, gaffer. <laughs> the gaffer. The gaffer. Uh, I think so. by that I just mean like he's a solid guy and I think if they had like a, a more exciting guy, they might go with him. Um, but um, he's also signed with the Sea Eagles from next season to Alungi. So how much starting time do they want to give a guy who's moving on? Mm. Um, yeah, but Lucy's in that same boat. He's going across to a, a you know, bottom but dollar himself, Premiership so. winners of 2023, the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah. The I difference, like though, is I think... <laughs> uh, I mean, we're going back to back. <laughs> Let's not get silly about it. Sorry, uh, 253k to Alungi. Um, Styles, is he worth it or...? I've got him in my side. I think he's okay. a decent shout even off the bench just due to that attacking upside. I think the difference with um, Lute, um Leilua is that he's had that edge spot for years now, whereas Tuolungi's not really featured in that team if we're talking about starting guys who are departing. Um, yep. So that's a bit tougher for them to do. But I think, yeah, he, he's a TLT one to see where he fits. I, if you see Garner on the bench, I think he's won it on merit. If you don't see Garner at all, I think you'd still be a bit concerned that he comes into that side if he's just missing because of a niggle or some reason. Um, but I think he's a decent prospect in either scenario, just obviously way better if he's starting. All right, uh, that's Tuolangi. Did either of you guys wrote, write the Dragons lineup for the Mega Guy? That was the Postman. Yeah, I did. Postman. <laughs> All right, George Burgess. Actually, I was looking at him. As I said, I look at the Mega Guy once you guys have written it to see if I've done the, the right thing. And you'd written off George Burgess basically entirely, I believe, on the first round. Um, thoughts on him now? How did he impress in the trials, and is he worth a shout now, given name value? I think he did okay. Um, the The main reason I wrote him off, he's coming off that severe hip surgery that um, has, I don't think anyone's ever had that surgery and come back. And questionable minutes off the roll, uh, off the bench, um, the Dragons have a lot of forwards, like middle forwards, and... Um, 
they've got Debellin, they've got him, Laurie, Woods, Molo, um, sort of Jackson Ford, Maguire to come back into the mix. Obviously, he's out for a long time because um, that's the sort of player he's coming he is. back as halfback, though, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I, I can't wait for front row halfback um, Josh Maguire come round six um, position reviews. Nothing, nothing can ever beat fullback and hooker dual positionality. Yeah. Jake Granville, yeah. the GOAT. Anyway. <laughs> the goat. Um, they're a stacked rotation, so how many minutes are they going to play a guy who's coming off sort of major hip surgery? I, I think he's performed better than what I expected, but because uh, where's his price? Uh, let 247.1K. Yeah, so you're getting into, like, Tuolungi territory. Um, he's getting up there for a bench forward with question marks and getting older. Um, he'd be a real last-ditch, um, I think, if TLT isn't kind, but I wouldn't be confident in it even then. And that's it. If we're looking at guys who are going to be coming off the bench with questionable minutes, um, you save 40K and get a Fafita or Momosia or a Max King um, from the Bulldogs who looks like he's sewn up a bench spot at 188K. Um, that you go cheaper for a guy that's probably going to be doing the exact same thing as Georgie B. Okay. All right. So I think we're on the consensus there. There's too much risk with George Burgess for the price. Schneider. This is a name that I was unfamiliar with until about three hours ago. So with the news now that Jamal Fogarty is out long-term for the Raiders, horrible news for him. Um, I just naturally assumed that Sam Williams would fill the vacant half spot, but that's not to be, Styles. Yeah, so the chat coming out of um, sort of Raiders journo camp is that um, Schneider, so for those not familiar, uh, it's Brad Schneider. Uh, he is, uh, I'm just pulling him up on my app, uh, halfback only, and he's 188k, so ne- nearly bottom dollar. So Chad is coming out that he's um, going to get first crack at that spot. Um, the the reasoning for that, I read a piece on it, was based on Fogarty's style of play. Schneider more closely mirrors that style of play for them to have to throw somebody in for round one when they've obviously been training with certain combinations and plays and that kind of thing. Um, his, I don't know anything about him. I first heard about him, the Savi as well, but that's the narrative I've seen is that his style of play more closely matches Fogarty and they can plug him in and sort of run similar sets to what they've been practising rather than uh, Williams who would they'd have to change their style of play to suit his sort of halfback um, play style. Uh, Lakey, Blake Taff is a guy that I've got in my side. I haven't changed it since the Latrell news came out with his suspension, but would you be immediately swapping a Blake Taff at halfback for a Brad Schneider for the Raiders if he is named there come TLT? Probably. Um, I think they'll probably run Schneider a, a couple games at least. He's got a better draw, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly. But, in the, you know, much worse side, obviously. But um, as we said, we know that Taff's going to be um, have that competition in Latrell back by round two, I think, you know, Schneider's competition is Sam Williams. It's not nearly as um, as dire for him. If he can put his hand up and, and prove that he should be there, you know, not, not long-term, but mid-term sort of thing, then um, they'll probably st- stick with him for a little while, let him try and develop a bit of combination with um, Whiten. 
as that steady in halfback. He's only a young kid. He only played the one game last year, you know, um, which was 10 minutes. I think it was probably around 25 where they played the baby Raiders side. So he, um, I would, I'd make that move. I think you save a few dollars and, and get a little bit more job security. Mm. I, I can't see them making the bold call to start him pretty much sight unseen um, to only give him one or two games. I think if they make the call to start him, they're going to say this will be a bit up and down, but we're going to stick with him. I don't think they – if they had those concerns, you'd imagine they just trot out Williams, right? Yeah, that's right. And say Williams has been there for years and he knows the system and he knows how they play. Um, if they wanted that um, – you know, experienced head to guide them around, they'd go straight with him. But they sound like they're going to give the keys to Brad Schneider and, and they'll give him a chance for a couple of weeks. Okay. Next guy, I didn't have him either, Joseph Suwali. Uh, he usually talked about last year. We all know the name by now, 259K. Um, he's in a lot of starting sides. Um, you did mention, Stasi, there's some talk about him potentially not getting... The starting spot being one down the track. Um, what's your read on him, and is he a uh, must-start for round one? Yeah, it's not him missing out. He's coming He's coming off that off-season surgery, so it would just be him not being ready for round one. So I think it was um, – it might have been our boy Wilfred made this point on um, Twitter that um, Kevin Nagama, he's, he's the Ikevalu replacement, not the Morris replacement. So he's there to fill that, like, as you need him role, whereas Swali is the future of that team. So if he's not there for round one, he's not far off. And this was my point before about whether you start with a guy not playing or not. I'd start with Swali being reasonably confident he comes straight back in when he's ready in a couple of rounds. So you wouldn't want to start with someone else and have to bring him in for someone who hasn't made money and just burn a trade. If it's a someone who you think might play in a couple of months, you would not start with them because they'd be a downgrade option. So I can't see myself really not starting with him unless something comes out that he's actually going to miss quite a bit of time because I think it'll be his spot, his walk-up spot when he's ready to go, and it shouldn't take too long if he's not there at the start. Did you see much out of him last year that builds you with confidence for his actual super coach game? Obviously the name is, is quite well known now and... Um, all the talk about him, he's out of school and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and he's the next big thing. But, you know, he had a, a quite a few games last year and he's still only at a 259k price tag. Um, is he the next Charlie Staines? Uh, I don't think so. The uh, Opposite to the Rabbitohs, the Chooks like going right a lot. Um, so if he's on that right wing, they, they should be targeting him a lot. He is uh, just an absolute talent. We, we saw flashes of it, and with another year in the system and another preseason under the belt, if he's been able to train at all, then um, mm. he's going to be all the better for it. But um, as Stossi said, it's just whether he can get there come round one. All indications are that he won't be. Um, he's probably going to miss the early days and, and come back in a couple of weeks. So you've got some question marks there um, about whether you take that risk. Um, but, yeah, he'll definitely – he's definitely their right winger for the long term. He also – if you look at his scores last season, they weren't amazing, but they were also basically entirely in base. So uh, he had five five games, 33, 74, 32, 22, 24. 
So not incredible reading. The 74 was the only game he scored a try. The 33, he had 27 in base. And this is pure base, so not base plus power, where you include offloads and that kind of thing. This is just straight up hit-ups and tackles. So 27 at that 33 was pure base. The 32, he had 26 pure base. And the 22 and 24, he had 20 in pure base. So it was all just him running and tackling with basically nothing on top of that. So you'd imagine in a Roosters side with all the cavalry back, another year more mature, he's not at school now, like, and he's apparently bulked up and he's a complete specimen by all reports. If he can do literally anything in attack, then that's going to skyrocket his price. Okay. So not real, not being at school rules him out maybe for Ockenbore and CHM, but not for Supercoach. So good news. All right. So I think everyone starts with uh, Yeah, starts maybe with don't Slowly. play him against those others. He <laughs> right. might get targeted. So, all right. So we reckon Swally's a play. Uh, Lakey, I did ask you, have we already talked about this random Knights player that you spoke pre-pod? Leo Thompson. No, I, I only mentioned him because he um, got promoted today to the top 30 squad. And there's a little bit of conjecture about whether he's there in round one. I personally don't see it, um, not with the Clemmers, Safidis and of the world. Um, with, you know, Fitzy will take up a spot. And I think Mama C is there on the bench as well, personally. But he is a, an almighty talent, this kid. He's got it all. He can run hard. He tackles hard. He got offloads in him. Um, so he'll feature at some stage during the year. But I don't think it'll be from early days. One to watch then by the sounds. Actually, yeah. mate, based on uh, when you had video on before, you were looking in pretty good shape. So I reckon you could crack that top 30 quite easily uh, down the line with the, the Knights as, as fragile as they are. So maybe when Ponga leaves to the Dolphins, there'll be a spot at fullback. So train even harder. Yeah. There you done. go. We're talking about Daniel Lake. Right Daniel Lake, fullback only option, 178K in 2023. <laughs> what, what a story, hey? What an absolute story. All right, before we move on from cheapies, is there anyone else we haven't spoken about that you guys want to touch on? Stasi or the mailman? Anything? Well, there's a couple of those sort of uh, guys like Jordan Pereira, uh, Sean Russell now with um, Hayes Dunster, unfortunately blowing out literally everything in his knee. Um, he looked pretty good on the weekend. Um, so I've got I've got those two in my side. Uh, right now, um, yes, similar to Suwali um, playing on the you know preferred side for the Chooks, and you know we talked about um, other guys in that same sort of position. Sean Russell comes into the Mike Acevo role essentially, which is where the Eels love to go down that side of the field. So he's he just basically lands in a pot of gold for Super Coach. I think he's yeah. a very handy prospect. He had a great try in that second trial. And again, with all the um, weather and that around, I was sort of hit and miss with uh, focus on it. But um, I'm pretty sure it might have been Will Penasini put in this like brilliant kick. And it was either that try or another one where um, both Penasini and Sean Russell just looked great. So I've got reasonable confidence in uh, both of them. Okay. I've got uh, Penasini and I have not yet got Sean Russell in. So. Yeah, he's a bit more expensive, though. He's 285k, so he's sort of on that bubble. Hmm. Uh, very interesting. But Parramatta, I reckon, uh, we were talking off air, I reckon they're a pretty good shout for this season, not to put the mocker on you Parramatta fans, but 
I don't know, come out of the, you've belted the premiers, um, buy your grand final tickets now. I can't see anything wrong with that. So. Yep, Tigers versus Eels grand final based on our hype coming out of those trials. And do we reckon, based on Paris form, that Maddo is now a lock? He's in my side. Is, is Maddo a lock to move away from cheapies for a second? As in he's a lock position or a lock for your side? Sure, both. Yeah, he <laughs> he's likely to start in the 13 jersey with Nathan Brown having a few injury questions. Um leading into it there's a good chance he misses he obviously his attacking stats will go down in that position but he'll have more of the base and power stats and you know all the non-fancy sorts of things so he he should be more consistent less um volatile scoring i guess in the in the interim but um how long does that last how long do is nathan brown going to be out for and you know, I'm I'm intrigued by um, Madison this year. I'll, he's one I'm going to be watching. I'm not going to be starting with him, but um, I'm, you know, if I had another hundred, you know, two hundred k, I'd probably be getting him in. Yeah, I'd probably have him if it wasn't for the price tag and how like I've got Cleary in there, so I think I had to make and Dave Fafita, so I had to make some concessions in that second row position, but. Um, he's also in a contract year, so that's something to keep in mind that guys generally fire up for those. Um, he, he was also, even though he was playing lock in that trial, he was still trying to get some offload, offloads away and that kind of thing. So um, he was still yeah, looking for those uh, extra stats that you like to see for Supercoach. Mm-hmm. The concussion thing is a big worry for me, and that's the only worry I think I that, have. That's the constant concern with him. Exactly. So you've got to really take the risk, as we do with a lot of injury-prone or even suspension-prone players. So it's just the nature of the game. All right, so maybe that's cheapies for the time being. So let's get into the surprise packet and the surprise emissions from your side. Just warming you up. Warming you up from the outro here. How good. Absolute banger. All right. Good segue there. Stasi, let's start with you. Who's your biggest surprise packet in your Supercoach side as it stands Wednesday night, 2nd of March? So currently, and there's... uh... Not a high percentage that this is still there um, when when season You're kicks off. You're committing to it. You're committing to it. This locks you in. It's like a state. Right. Um, I currently, I currently don't have Pappy in my side. And again, I just took him out to have a play and see what was happening with uh, the question marks around him. And I'd replaced him with Clint Gutherson, which Ooh. you might go ew, but he had. Um, it, it's that same narrative. If if you look at his stats over opening rounds of seasons. His opening, he always starts really strong. Um, I had the Eels in the Mega Guy. I seem to have had all these teams that we're talking about, funnily enough. Um, funnily. Stasi. Stasi. Do the dance. Do the Gutho dance. Do the Gutho dance. I don't know if my head's still... I don't know if we can describe it. Uh, no, all I saw was crotch thrusting. I saw no hands above That's, head. Anyway. Uh, they were there. They were there. All right. You can imagine it. I have a lot of torso go. to fit on that uh, small webcam. So, <laughs> Anyway. Um, sorry. Gutho, the king. Yeah, but he, he always starts strongly and they've got a reasonable draw as well. So if there's a reality where Pappy misses, you could maybe get a get away with starting a, a Gutho banking that he has a good run at the start and then flipping him. I, if Pappy's there, I will not do this. Um, this was just a contingency and I don't want to go up to turbo, but um, as it currently stands, uh, that's what's in my side. Gutho was a very tough own, but in the back end of last season. So I held him yeah. far too long. 
at the start of the year, he was tailing up against some poor sides. I think the Broncos in Darwin, wasn't he? He scored about 130. I think he tailed us up a few times. The Cowboys, maybe the Dogs as well. And then it got to the back end of the year where the business side, uh, business end really hit. And like the Eels, just went to absolute shit. So I don't That's know. That's what he does. I don't mind that. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure whether there was a history to it, whether it's something that Gutho's historically started really strong and just faded away. I thought that might have just been last year and potentially the year before. But last yeah. season, 75, 32, 87, 81, 74, 103, 124, 140. Yeah, that's why you buy him and then he cruels you. So if you're getting in like, before... you, you got to sell him at the peak. Like, don't write it out. Like, yeah. just sell him at the peak. Um, and that's what this strategy would be, just hoping he gets some good scores. I think uh, whoever Calc did, I think he came out to about maybe 90 or something in that trial game. Um, mm. So if, yeah, it's it's not the best strategy, but it, it's it's a strategy uh, if... Pappy's not there, uh, and if there's any doubt to him coming back round two, like if it lingers like last season where he seemed to be a week away for a month, two months, whatever it was. So Stasi is going with uh, Gutho. Lakey, what would you do? I think we, we talked about it before, but we, would you be going a Latrell Mitchell in the same boat uh, with Pappenhausen being out for round one potentially? Yeah, I don't know. As I said before, um, that would leave me with um, Latrell and Munster and Grant on the bench for round one. So I'm not sure about that. Um, it would be something I'd have to consider. I'd, I'd love to be able to switch both of those guys, you know. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I'd like a TGPA to get a, um, what's his name, Terrell Sloan from the Dragons in. But that's, you, you know. You mean Talatel Mono or? No, no. Actually, <laughs> Terrell Sloan. So, um I think he's going to be a standout this year, in um, but he's available in the centre wing as well. So if you're going to actually lock him in anywhere, it should mm. be there. But, um, you know, you could always flick him on later. But, um, mm. yeah. Bunny, Bunny's draw is dreadful as well. They have the Broncos round one, uh, Storm, Roosters, Panthers, uh, yeah. Dragons, who didn't look too bad, Bulldogs, which is a good matchup. But that first month, so if you're saying Latrell misses round one against the Broncos and then his first games back are against uh, the Storm, the Roosters and the Panthers, that's not good. I guess the difference there is we know he'll get, uh, we know Latrell's going to be involved. He'll have his hands on the ball as much as possible. He loves to be involved and um, any points they do score, he's going to have pot shots as well. So he should have a fairly uh, solid floor just from those sorts of things. And then any attacking stats that come on top of that will be very handy with him. If Pappy misses, Gutho for a few price rises, flip him to Latrell after that hard draw. Yeah, that doesn't sound a, too bad. That's not a bad ploy at all. What about you, boy? You'd be trading Gutho that. anyway, so... <laughs> Lakey, where's Ponga? You haven't chatted about him once. No, I'm, be I'm, it's heartbreaking. It hurts me to say, but I'm very off Ponga this year. Um, the way the Knights have lined up and the way they're going to line up throughout the year, I've, it's going to be a long season for us boys, I think. Um, the you know new combinations, new hooker, new halfback, um, relatively new five eighth with Clifford, who only played the sort of back end of last year. There's a lot on Ponga's shoulders, um, and without so many attacking threats across the field, I think defences can now focus on him and try and take him out of the game. Um, we saw a lot of it during the trials with um, the outside guys rushing up on him and 
and absolutely smashing him at stages. So I think there's going to be a bit of that um, early on. I, I don't think he's an option by, uh, you know, but there's plenty, plenty of other guys I'd start with in Ponga this year. Sounds like Anthony Milford is the key to unlocking Ponga. Oh, God, hopefully, oh, that, hopefully that <laughs> sorts itself out for you. Um, maybe I'll go next with my one. So, Stasi, your surprise packet is Gutho at this stage. My one's Jerome Luai. So, a, a guy, I don't know, I haven't put you know, hell, of, hell of a lot of thought into this one here, but I just thought at 515k for a guy playing in the premiership side and, and a guy that we know can go quite ballistic, um, I just thought I'd... I, don't have Cleary. The next best thing is to get Jerome Luai into your side because he does play quite a pivotal role um, in their attacking shape out on that uh, left edge. So, I don't know. He was a guy I thought was a pretty good price. Um, when he does tag team with Cleary, they tend to go big together. So, I think with a bit of stability in that halves pairing this year uh, with Cleary hopefully staying healthy, I think Luai could be a pretty handy option. Was not impressed at all by their last trial. Uh, it was a terrible showing, 36-0, I think it was, to Para, um, And Luai barely got a showing. But, I don't know, it was a guy at 5'8", I was uh, tossing up, do I go a guy like Munster who's missing the first round, or do I lock in a Luai? And he's the he's the guy I landed on. So I think he's a good price um, in a pretty quality side, healthy, will play round one. Um, few pluses to him. What do you think, Stasi? If Cleary's not there round one, get him out of your side immediately. Mm. Um, I had uh, He was probably one of the biggest write-ups I did for that mega guide, and I looked at a few stats of him with and without Cleary and with and without Burton because the narrative was that Burton killed him. Um, he it, As the season wore on, his stats went down as Burton took on more of the playmaking role, but there was a massive contrast in average when Cleary's playing and when there's not, regardless of whether Burton was in the side. And it was significant. It was like maybe 30 points or something. Hmm. So if Cleary's there, great shout. If Cleary's not there, do do not touch him. Like, I think because Cleary garners so much attention, Luai can just sort of play off the back of it. But when all the focus is on him, he um, he just doesn't put up the scores. Lakey, any thoughts on Lua? Yeah, mate, just as far as the last trial goes, it wasn't just Cleary that was missing. They were also missing JFH and Isaiah Yao. Um, so they had plenty of their um, top guys out of that side, which makes a huge difference. Those, you know, um, Yao especially is sort of that link man between the halves and the outside guys. So he provides a lot for the halves. Um, I wouldn't be putting any stock into that trial. Um, for potential Luai owners. I don't think it's a bad shot at all. Um, I think natural progression with him, a bit more maturity. He sort of only came on last year, maybe a little bit the year before. But um, I think natural progression means he takes a, another step forward and has a, a less roller coaster type scores. Hmm. Okay. Now, interesting call. I think um, you know, I am reading Styles of your write-up in the Mega Guide here, and I think that was one really interesting part that I picked up is how poorly he went without Cleary. Um, so hopefully, with with everything going well and the Panthers on the front foot, um, he'll be a good shout, but maybe reconsider based on where, where Cleary lands. Uh, Lakey, your surprise packet for the year. Uh, we one. spoke about it. You guys were very surprised, but I've got Jackson Paulo um, in my center wing at the moment as one of my most expensive guys. Um, he's pretty much locked in at that left center spot for the Bunnies, um, which Gagai had a career year last year. 
um, feeding off of Cody Walker. And I really like Paulo. Like he, he, he finished last year strongly, so he's taken some steps there. And then he's got into that super coach gold side, um, you know, side of the field for the Bunnies. He laid on a try in the charity shield, got a pass from Cody and, and was the benefactor there. So I think he just um, he just gets some more attacking stats and I like him to burst onto the scene a little bit as a bit of a pod. They do have a tough run, as, as Stileszy said, a couple of really tough ones to start. Um, but, you know, he should get a few, you know, all he's got to do is fall over the, the line a couple of times and I can upgrade him. Heard that one before, but uh, 375k, it's definitely a good shout. But I don't know, do we do we expect the bunnies to go as well as they have in previous years? Stasi, did you like, you know, they've lost Adam Reynolds there. Uh, Latrell is not going to be there from round one. As we've said, there's a very tough uh, stretch there. I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm avoiding any attacking sort of players from the bunnies here. Yeah, I still think they'll be there or thereabouts. Obviously, um, go, losing Reynolds is a big loss. He organised them so well and the halves had such a phenomenal kicking game. Um, I still think they'll be good. And I think Cody Walker, and credit to you, Lakey, um, I think a lot of people said they weren't going to go near him to start the season. You said you had the Rabbitohs, right? You said come Charity Shield, that'll change. Right. And he uh, had a blistering Charity Shield game. So um, there's the attack's still going to flow. They're still going to go left. They've still got Latrell. They've still got Cody. Um, Ilias handled himself really well. I thought he played well in that game. Um, his kicking game was impressive as well, and that was one of Reynolds' main um, strengths. So um, I still think they'll be a pretty strong side. Maybe not. A, maybe a little bit of a drop off, but I, I think they'll still be there or thereabouts. Yeah, listen, I'm not expecting Paulo to have uh, whatever gag I did, 68 average or anything like that. But if he can um, pump his scores up to, you know. 45 50 sort of thing and then jag a couple of big ones along the way then it, it'll just skyrocket his price it'll get me a couple of nice ones and i can you know flip him to a center wing gun who's dropped at some stage but i'm not expecting miracles but i'm ex- I'm, I'm hoping to be able to ride uh, upward trajectory somewhere one guy that i earned from the rabbitos last year that uh, was probably in the same boat this year he starts a bit more expensive was campbell graham um when the bunnies were on form he was one of the guys that was a beneficiary of that um but then there were some games where he just would not get the ball would not break through so sincerely hope that doesn't happen for and, you with Paul. and that's Lowe, the but... problem with the bunnies they tend not to go to their right hand side and that's that's what makes graham um mm-hmm. you know and um mansell especially no goes because they just don't get the ball at all um Again, in my write-up, uh, I spoke about Mansour's uh, def- uh, discrepancies in his two sides. When he played on the left, he was killing it. He was one of the best um, centre wings that you could have with you know, a four-round average of like almost 100. He scored 171 in one of them. But when he you know went over to the right, he only averaged about 40 or something ridiculous. So it's just... Um, they go left far more often than not, and um, the guys on the left-hand side are the um, big winners. I like that. Jackson Paulo, Lakey's pod play for round one. All right, in the last segment of the night here, so we're going to talk about some of the guys we've omitted, uh, some of the surprise omissions from our side. Stasi, we'll start with you. Who's the biggest out that you've got from your side currently? 
currently no Katoni Stags, so um, big big name, uh, high ownership. Uh, I'm not against him by any means. Injury does concern me a little bit, but I've I've just gone cheaper th- at the position. That's all. I don't have anyone above uh, sort of low three hundreds as my team currently stands. If anyone was to be against Katoni Stags, it's me because he gave me a dud tip on the Greyhounds at Albion Park last year when he was seeing <laughs> out one of his many suspensions. So we called out to him and asked him for a tip in the next. He was by himself, weirdly, and gave us an absolute dud. So I don't know. I've harbored a grudge since then, but even I've got him in my side. So I don't know. I thought for the price and the Broncos talking themselves up, this should be their year. You're a Broncos fan. I find that very surprising. Oh, I like him. I think he'll have a good season, but just it's just the money, the money for me. Um, he can find an injury, but with any in- injury prone guys, you'd rather start with him and just trade him out once rather than having to bring him in if they start strong and then trade him out if they get hurt. But yep. um, yeah, I, I don't hate him as a shout by any means. It's just not in my budget at the moment at center wing, the way I've currently got it constructed. And Lakey, I know you're in the same boat, but yep. I watched the two trials-ish and I thought Staggs was quite strong. Um, I would hate to not own him in that kind of form. Is there something that I'm seeing that you're, or that I'm not seeing in this regard? Absolutely not, mate. So I'm big on Katoni Staggs as well. I think he's underpriced. He looked healthy. He looked hungry in those trials. Um, just the things I've got against him are he's a Bronco for a start. Um I, a, I don't like them. But can yeah. we just say, can, I know there's a lot of Broncos fans listening. We're based in Brisbane and, you know, it's, it's one of those things. But we do love the Broncos. We love giving you shit. But also, equally, we give it to each other. Cowboys, yeah. Knights. So we're yes, not all Broncos. Right. We, yeah, no, we're all in the same boat. We're all terrible. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool. That's right. So let's all be terrible together. That's right. Yeah. Just we apologies just like for anyone that feels like we rag on to take yes. off the shine from our own team. So, <laughs> um, no, I just I don't see them being one. Uh, I don't think they make the top eight. I don't think they're one of those high scoring sides. So I'm not sure how much upside there is in him. I do think he'll improve a bit. But the reason I don't have him is I just I downgraded him so I can make sure I had Ryan Pappenhausen still. Um, that's the only reason. I'd rather go with Parfenhausen if he's there from round one than uh, Katoni Staggs. If I just pulled up his 2020 stats. He had top scores of 121 and 120, which were obviously great. Third highest score was 93. And then after that, you've got a 70. And pretty much everything else is sort of 30s, 50s, 28, and these are all in 80-minute performances. This is wooden spoon here, though, right? That is yeah, yeah. So, I'm, yeah, but I'm just saying... That's it... centre wing, really. Um, hmm. The attacking stats are there. He scores great when they're not, and he doesn't. 30 is a pretty good floor. 30, hmm. 35, that's a pretty good floor. Um, and then I, I guess I was just illustrating. I, I think a lot of people are 
thinking, oh, yeah, he's back, he's electric, he'll average me 80 or something, yeah. um, just to sort of temper those expectations. And one of the good things actually this year with Supercoach, with the teams that we have on offer, is that I've actually got you and Aiken and both firmer in my center wing spots are both second rowers by trade, but guys that aren't going to go ballistic by any means, but will score you a solid, you know, 50, 60 points in center wing. So maybe we can start throwing in these risky sort of players, like, a, as you said, 120 on two occasions in this healthy year. Like a guy like Katoni Staggs, I, I don't think that writes him off at all, having a floor as low as 30. No. So I don't know. I, I quite like that. Yeah, no, and then say if I had the funds, I'd have Katoni Stags as well. I, mean, I think it was only yesterday I made the move, but um, yeah, I just and I'm like you. I've got Aiken and, and Firma as well, but I've got them both in my second row at the moment. Same, um, Lakey. I've got them both in second row as well, yeah, just so I can stack my center wing with these young cheap guys that are likely to get uh, mm. a run early on, and I'll look at moving them down as the season progresses, but. Um, yeah, Stags will be somebody I'm targeting along the way. I'll just would like to see how he goes. Hmm. And, and who's oh Reynolds is going to be kicking, so Stags won't even have that. Well, Farnworth's probably backup kicker anyway. I think he was uh, a better kicker than Stags. Won't uh, be kicking just that many goals anyway. But uh, anyway, we'll move on. Um, all right, so there's our surprise packets, uh, surprise emissions. As we uh, look to wrap this one up in under two hours, what a miracle! Uh, Stalsy, who's your biggest omission for this year? We just spoke about that, mate. We've been on the oh, well. Oh, Stags. <laughs> completely gone over that. We're, we're up to Look you. That. Who's your biggest omission? Oh, Jesus. right. So I thought we hadn't talked about Stalsy. Uh, my biggest omission, Dave Fafita. So yeah, you, guys are quite, you guys are quite surprised. I don't see why. Uh, he's a, I don't know. He's, I don't know. He's just a bit of a... Uh, hot and cold kind of character. I don't like how he goes missing during games. Remember the last season, I wouldn't own him, and he'd go about a hundred during the first rep, first half, first half, and then all. Then, yep. But I think that was more the game plan. Like they gave him the ball, and he just ran over the top of people and scored tries. And then for some reason, whatever it was, they just didn't give him the ball. He he did go missing. His work rate was down, but quite often they just used him as a decoy, and I couldn't understand why. He had those rib complaints, which was why it was concerning that he picked up another rib complaint in that trial. Um, so they were managing that towards the tail end of the year. Mm. Yep, all the more reason not to pay 750k for a second rower, in my view. I don't know. I mean, we saw what he did in the All-Stars game. He trampled over some you know, 70 kilo defenders on his way to the, a tri-assist. But I don't know. It, it, he's just a bit too uninvolved for a not 80-minute second rower for me to start the season with. Big yeah, things listen, man, price you can't tag. have them all. That's the thing. Exactly. It's, it's, what is it, money ball prospect? But you can't have everybody. So you've got to pick and choose who you start with. Hmm. You've probably gone a bit deeper in your second row than what we have. We've got the, the top-priced guy and then had to go a bit cheaper after that. Whereas... I've gone B. Smith, Curran, Madison, Lukey. Yeah, and that's right. Pierre say, already you're, you're far deeper than I am in the position. Yes. So. Hmm. Yeah, I've got Fafita, Aitken, Fermor. I've got Arrow there, but mainly just to rotate him in to, as front row cover if needed with Mamacia. Um, yeah, hmm. so similar to you, Lakey. Yeah. I'm quite surprised to hear that you guys don't have these guys in um, uh, your centre wing, the Aitkens well, and, and the like. I, I just thought, like, second row that 
plays that you can no, play in no, I, I think they're great shouts in the second wing. I just think there's more cheapies available in the second wing <laughs> to us this year than there are in second row. So if I was throwing an Aiken down as my starting centre wing, what cheapie am I going to replace a Isaac Targo with or something like that? So Yeah, there's that, there's that and there's also the fact that these centre wings are going to go up in price quicker and you can flip them to one of the more premium second rowers who aren't really going to get out of hand. Like, mm. they might go up a bit, but they're not going to just become absurdly priced. So you can sort of hop off a, a peaked centre wing to, like, a more premium second row option and just flip these guys down when you need to. Yep. Uh, good call. All right, uh, Lakey, I'm clearly out of the loop with our run sheet. Have I asked you about your... Key omission for this season? Yeah, no, so um, Stiles and I were both on Katoni Stags. That's our big one. Well, he was also Pappenhausen, so I think that's, that's why true. I got thrown. We, yeah. we spoke about him a little bit in the Gutho piece. Yeah, I covered him sort of too. But like Pappy will be in 100% for me if he's named. Um, Good. Yeah. Okay, it's not the 10 beers I've had today. That's fine. All right, guys, we're less less than two hours in. That's good news. Um, we've gone through quite a lot. Obviously, this we've got six days until TLT. It's a uh, long time in Supercoach land. I'm sure we'll change our side uh, here and there. But thank you very much, both of you, for coming on. Uh, I know the Mega Guide, which we will release an updated version of in uh, the next well, 12, tomorrow. 24 hours, Lakey? Yeah, yep. so go. I've got to make I'll a few more updates um, following the trials, and then uh, I'll be putting that out tomorrow, possibly afternoon, around lunchtime afternoon. So keep an eye out for it, guys. It's coming your way. Love that. It is a, uh, it's a very interesting off-season, one of the more challenging I think I've ever found in my six, seven, eight years of playing this game. Um, I don't know how you guys are finding it, but it's not cookie-cutter sides anymore. It's a really interesting time of... Uh, Time of Supercoach to be picking a side for round one. Um, Stasi, any last words from you before you um, jet off? Obviously, we'll be hearing a lot from you as the season wears on. You are a very important cog in our Supercoach engine. Yeah, I just got to brace myself for the season, and uh, particularly if they're going with 22-man squads, that's an extra uh, good number of players to have to keep an eye on each week. So, um, And with... COVID outs and concussion rules and that, it's it's going to be absolute carnage. So I think it's going to be a very eventful season. Certainly is, but I'm, I'm hoping you're up for the challenge when you go to Canada. I think you mentioned it's midnight timing when, say, Saturday TLTs will drop. Give, so. give or take. We're, we're basically the opposite of the world to Canada. Can't believe you uh, can't believe you'd be giving up your full time job like that. But anyway, Lakey, <laughs> I hope your internet works a little bit better than it did tonight, and that you're on the ball because you have no, big mate, issues. Weird, buddy. the internet was fine. It was just um, the program kept crashing out. So don't All know right. what it was, but we'll work on that so we don't have any issues throughout the season. There you go. All right, guys, all the best for your 2022 seasons. We'll be back next Tuesday with the TLT pod, round one for the year. It's going to be a huge season. Stilesy, thank you very much for coming on. Lakey, talk to you throughout the year, champion. Uh, all the best for you guys. Any final words, Stilesy? I'm not going to throw and make you do Postman Pat, but if you wouldn't mind giving a little, I don't know, close out, some sort of song, <laughs> phrase, <laughs> quote, anything that comes to mind. That's so open. I don't, I don't know. Be the change you want to see in the world, JT. Yeah.
I would have just said give your love to a Cowboys man, man. And we're going to listen to the whole thing. Might take us up to two hours, might break the record. <laughs>